It's October the 22nd, 2015. This is Candy Merrow Carlson, city council candidate for District 2, and this is 508, a show about Worcester. And I'm Mike Benedetti. Today on the show, we're continuing our series, maybe we're finishing up our series, interviewing city council challengers and asking them questions about the issues. Uh, usually it's a little bit crazy to ask people about the issues because these city council races in the past are usually not about issues. This year there's a lot of issues out there, so it's kind of exciting to talk to people about the issues. And uh, Brandon Milliken can't be on the show today. We're here in front of Union Station, and uh, I guess this is Columbus Circle. You get to hear the traffic while we're taping the show. Candy, thanks for being on this crazy program. Thanks for having me. So you're running uh, as a challenger in District 2. Correct. And it's, it's going to be you and Jonathan Cortez in the, uh, in the general election. Both of you challengers. Right. Okay. Uh, why are you running? So for me, um, it's all about um, co commitment to my community. Okay. I've been involved in Worcester. Uh, I've been involved in Worcester's politics for 20 plus years. Um, I'm somebody who's lived in the district for over 40 years. Um, so I have a passion for District 2, and District 2 is the economic engine for the city of Worcester. I've never heard it described that way. I like that, I like that, uh, I like that framing, though. Yeah, I mean, if you look at District 2, um, from the biotech to Gateway Park to UMass, um, to all of the different projects that are taking place from Main Street to the courthouse to City Hall to the hotels that are going up to the Bradley Osgood building here mm -hmm. to the um, old El Morocco as we refer to it the old El Morocco property uh -huh. which is um, about to be rehabbed into apartments um, so again Worcester and District 2 is the economic engine, as I say all the time, for um, anybody who I speak to. So one thing I always like to ask candidates about is how they've been active in the city so far. Some people just sort of jump from being an ordinary person to running for public office, but most people, I think, have a, have a longer journey and do a lot of other things on the way. You, you said that you've been active in city politics for a long time. What sorts of other things have you done so, in public in Worcester? So in public in Worcester, first of all, I mean, many years ago, I went to work for the city of Worcester, the city manager's office of employment and training. Um, and there is where I really started my career, if you will, in the city. Um, where I worked with folks who had lost their jobs through no fault of their own, worked with at-risk youth, worked with folks who had um, disabilities, folks who were challenged, um, and worked with a lot of businesses trying to find people employment. So from there I moved on and went to work for the United Way of Central Massachusetts where once again it was about raising money for our community, our agencies, um, and working with a lot of businesses in the community as well as a lot of people. Um, so that was sort of how I started and then I um, am a member of the Democratic City Committee, I'm sure as you well know, and I'm the chair of the Worcester Democratic City Committee. I started out as being a member and worked my way from being secretary to treasurer to 
female vice chair. I'm the first female chair of the Democratic Party here in Worcester, which is the largest Democratic Party in the state, I might add. I didn't know that. Um, and we're also one of the only committees who is financially solvent. Um, and I'm happy to say that that happened on uh, my watch, as well as we are one of the most uh, diverse committees. Um, I'm happy to say on my watch is one of the things that I, you know, made sure that we did and continue to do is work with everybody. So we have outreach to everybody in Worcester and we've added a couple hundred folks to our committee. So our committee now looks like Worcester, as I say. Um, why, why this year? Why are you running this year? Well, it was an open seat, okay. um, and I, 10 years ago, I ran for this seat. Right, I remember. Um, lost by 100 votes. Uh -huh. um, so this year here, Phil had made a decision not to seek re-election, and um, I thought that now was a good time for me. I have the time um, and certainly have the energy to put into the race. Terrific. So the first issue that I've been asking people about is housing. And the, the way I've been phrasing it is just to say, is there, is there enough housing in Worcester? And if there's not, what should the city council do about that? So we were just asked this question the other night um, at one of the debates. And in 2012, there was a study that was done for Worcester. And that was really in terms of affordable housing. Right. And it came back that we certainly are OK. And within, in fact, you know, they use the number 10. We should be at 10%. Um, we're at 13%. Okay. Um, However, you know, a lot changes. So should we look at doing another study to make sure that we're okay? Um, and I think we need to do a lot more research and talk to those who that's what they do for a living. Okay, okay. So, you, so, you, so, so your, the answer is we probably have enough housing. Yes. And that we probably should not do anything big right now. Correct. Okay. Great. I haven't been paraphrasing people's answers. I should do that more often. Uh, the next question is, what should, the, what should the city council's role be regarding the public schools? So I think that the city council should be more active in helping and supportive to the Worcester Public Schools and the school committee. For example, what we just you know, experienced last year, at the end of last year, with all of the issues in the schools. Unfortunately, what happened was that, you know, it's just all the negative that everybody shared with, you know, the violence in the schools. So I think that we should have been much quicker to react in terms of, you know, putting the police in the schools. There's, okay. you know, Shrewsbury's done that for years and nobody's ever made a big deal about that. Um, you know, we wind up doing that, but unfortunately, we didn't share that with the public. So we didn't put our parents at ease. We didn't put the rest of the community, the teachers, the kids at ease. As knocking in the district, I've knocked over 5,000 doors. And I can tell you firsthand, I mean, parents 
are generally concerned. I mean, they don't want to wake up and send their kid to a school that's not safe, or teachers don't want to get up in the morning and go to work where they don't feel safe. So I think that we as a city council should be helping hmm. the school committee and being uh, much more proactive in that, in that area. Okay. Um, what would, where would the jobs come from that would keep more of our high school and college graduates in the city? So I, um, I'm not sure if, you know, a lot of folks have had the opportunity to go over and see the, all the startups, the incubator pro projects uh -huh. um, from WPI right over here on uh, Prescott Street. I think that if we're much more helpful um, to the folks getting out of school and getting out of college, college helping them to do those small startups, which is very, very interesting. Yeah. All the different um, projects that they have going on over there. But I also think that we have to become, and we have done a lot of great work in terms of helping to keep the younger folks here coming out of college. But we definitely have to make sure that there's a job for them yeah. when they get out. Yeah. So, you know, we need to obviously attract business, good paying jobs. Because okay. somebody who's coming out of college doesn't want to go to work for minimum wage. Right. And I think that that's part of, unfortunately, I mean, you look at Worcester's median income, it's $45,000. Where is it that you, as a young adult, go and live in Worcester and, you know, raise a family right. on that kind of money? You just, it's not enough. Yeah. So we need to make sure that we're attracting good jobs uh, for our folks that are getting out of college. So I mean, are, there, are there things that you, that you think the city council should be doing or doing more of? along those lines? So I think that, you know, we certainly have begun to do that with some of the projects that are coming online here in Worcester, but we certainly should be much more proactive about that, you know, so when we give a tip to a new company who's coming in, um, obviously we're given that because we want them, um, hopefully, to hire, you know, local Folks and a and tip, good jobs. People, people probably know this, but a tip is a, like a, a tax incentive financing. It's basically a tax break for people to come in or develop property or redevelop property or something like that. Correct, correct. So if we do the right things with that, I think that you know there's many opportunities for our folks who are getting out of school and getting out of college. Um, but I think that also with the startups. You know, a lot of what WPI is doing, I think that those are things that really excite um, the younger generation. Yeah, absolutely. There's some cool things over there. There is. Um, what do you make of the surge of violence in Worcester this summer? And uh, what would you do about this if you were on the city council? So it was completely disturbing uh, to somebody like myself who I've lived here my whole life. Um, I think that obviously um, we need to get our hands wrapped around this and when I say that I mean the entire community but I also believe that like years back when I worked for the city of Worcester um, and worked with um, at-risk youth 
We met with the gang task force back then. We met with the district attorney's office. We met with, you know, the judges. We yeah. met with the community leaders of all the youth agencies so that we knew what was happening along with the chief of police, the superintendent of schools. And I think that unfortunately that wasn't happening for a while no. and now we're doing that again. So I think that, you know, knowledge is power. Yeah. Because then we know what they're doing. We know, you know, where they're headed. Um, and I think that we all need to work together and we certainly need to make sure that, you know, a city of our size, an urban city like we are, is we need to make sure that our police department is staffed at all time because our men and women, I mean, they've got a tough job to do as it is and then when there's an uptick like that, um, it's tough for them. But the other piece of this that I think is key is our neighborhood associations. I call them associations. Some folks refer to them as crime watches. Um, we have a lot of great neighborhood meetings that take place. There are some neighborhoods that don't meet. Um, I think we need to do more of that because what happens is people are shocked at how efficient those really are. So yeah. for example, um, the folks at, up at Lincoln Street, the lower end of Lincoln Street, the Hollow Street, Lincoln Street Neighborhood Association, the Brown Square Neighborhood Association. So Brown Square has their own set of issues while Lincoln Street has their set of issues. So the great part about this though is, is that the police go to these meetings so they know what's going on. The neighbors know what's going on. The city of Worcester goes there, the city manager sends one of his guys to these meetings all the time. So he gets to know what's taking place. The code department is there, so they get to know what's um, taking place. Some of the agencies that are in Lincoln Street go to those meetings. So they know when things are not going well with their group homes that they have. The city knows when there's an uptick in violence, so they patrol those areas. Right. It's a great watchdog, if you will, um, for some of these um, neighborhoods. So are those, are those uh, neighborhood groups the kind of thing that the city council can foster, or is that something that people just have to do on their own without so that I, kind of support? I think that the city council, the city councilors, can do that. I think that, you know, we should proactively be helping to create those because they're a fabulous way um, to know what's going on in our city. Yeah. Uh, what, you know, how's the schools? You know, the parents are there. I mean, do they have issues at the school? Yeah. You know, is it that somebody's using a particular area as a dumping site? Mm -hmm. So code enforcement is there. They they don't leave it there any longer. I mean, they're very efficient about. They get called. They come and pick it up. Yeah. Which is amazing that you know we used to have a major problem up on Franklin Street, that whole area where it's pretty much um, businesses and auto body shops and that type of thing. They used to dump there like it was the old. <laughs> the old Worcester dump yeah. 
And finally, you know, all of us got together with the city and talked about it. They went up there and they patrolled that area. Nobody dumps up there anymore. You know, I've, I actually have been pretty surprised at how, in my limited interaction with these sort of neighborhood groups, how effective that they've been. That people talk about, oh, in this day and age, we don't even know our neighbors, or there's people in the block we don't even know, and it's an opportunity to sit down in a circle with those people and say, like, like, is that TV your TV? Like, where are all those mattresses coming from? And maybe somebody's like, oh, we're just moving them from here to there. But somebody also could be like, I don't know where they're coming from. They're not mine. And it sort of gives people the uh, permission to then deal with it rather than wondering, wondering what's going on in my neighborhood. What is this? What is that? Right. So you're absolutely right because as i was knocking doors and a lot of folks don't know that there are these neighborhood associations so they were thrilled to learn about them some folks so they've started to come to some of these meetings and it's interesting because they're trying to figure out whose trash is that yeah. and whose property is that so for example there's a you know, there's a piece of property that somebody owns that they haven't mowed the lawn or trimmed the bushes or done anything. So it's like this big, massive overgrowth, and now people were throwing trash in there. And somebody said, well, that's, you know, Mrs. So-and-so, but she's been in the nursing home. Hmm. So nobody knew that it's not her, and she can't possibly take care of the right. property because she's in the nursing home. So once the city got involved, they cleaned it up, you know, the property was taken care of. There was not any more trash there um, that people were throwing there because I'm sure part of it also was nobody wants to be throwing trash in some elderly person's yard right. that she doesn't have the ability to pick it up. That's right. Because at the end of the day, we're, <laughs> we're still pretty compassionate. Um, I guess... I want to ask you a couple couple more questions here. Uh, what issues do you think people should be discussing in this campaign that maybe have not been getting enough focus? So uh, I think the whole safety piece is a big deal yeah. to folks. And I also think the schools are a big issue to folks right. because I've heard as I've knocked doors is that a lot of folks who were born, raised here, had their kids, and um, they bought the family home, are now saying, I just can't stay here anymore because I don't feel safe. My, I don't want my kids in this kind of setting in the school, which is really sad to hear because, you know, we do have, we've had those incidents. And I think if we were much more transparent about what we were doing, yeah. people would have felt better. Yeah, because I think that, I mean, I think that statistically, Worcester's a reasonably safe city, but then there are these very high-profile incidents that happen. And if people do not feel, and it's very reasonable for people to say, well, if this crazy thing is going on, what kind of city are we in? You know, and it's hard to figure out from, it's hard to figure out from that kind of information. What's so that's one of the things as, you know, one night we went to a meeting about, you know, uh, safety in our neighborhoods up at the um, senior center. Yeah. And I shared with Mayor Petty, I said, you know, 
the our reaction to this has been fabulous, but you didn't tell anybody. Mm. Mm. So the parent who's sending their kid to school doesn't understand that you know you've put things in place to make sure that our kids are safe yeah that we as a city have joined forces and brought all these entities together to make sure that we're safe but you got to share that mm-hmm. and once you know so one of the areas that i walked in district two was hamilton street okay. um and that was the night after the shooting shooting that had taken place across the street and it was really sad to see that you know all the folks on the other side of Hamilton Street which so that side is Judge Russell's district this side is district 2 is it's crazy but that's how him you know the district is split right and uh, most of the folks at the doors that night there they were all locked in yeah. You know, the shades were drawn and people were just fe- fearful because they didn't know what you know to think of this happening in their neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Is really what it boils down to and as you said and as we can all look at a city our size, we are relatively safe. Yeah. You know, in comparison, I mean, we do a great job. I mean, the men and women in our police department and our city as a whole, we do a great job here in Worcester. But again, these are all new things mm. that have happened. You know, the uptick in the gang violence, the uptick in, you know, the break-ins, um, the uptick at the schools, you know, just bang, 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 one right after the other. Um, so I think that we just need to make sure that we're sharing with the residents of Worcester what we're doing about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm always, I, it's interesting you talk about communication. I feel like, you know, doing this show and doing some other things that I do, I'm really aware of how little people know about what's going on. You know, the city's going to do something on their street or in their neighborhood. They have no idea. Um, and it just seems like that communication is so important both ways, both so the city can reassure people and so that people can also say back to the city, like, okay, you're doing such and such, that's not enough. Like, you need to know what's going on. Something else has to happen. I, that communication, I don't know. I know the city does a ton of stuff. They're always printing things out and distributing them around. They're always putting stuff up on Facebook or whatever. But somehow the communication is still not where it needs to be. Yeah, it's, uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, somehow we're just not doing it right yeah. um, in terms of the communication because people don't know what's going on. And if they do, they'd feel better and they'd understand about how much we actually as a city have done. And we've come a long way. I mean, this city in 10 years, I mean, it's it's amazing, uh, you know, the different things that we've done. I mean, from, you know, you talk about the downtown area, the vocal lofts, you know, that this building right over here, the Bradley Osgood building is yeah, about yeah. to be redone. You know, we did wind up with a brand new courthouse. We're, you know, a couple of new hotels. I mean, to the canal district that for years those buildings were vacant and now, you know, it's pretty vibrant down there to the Crompton Collective, to, um, you know, Shrewsbury Street. 
um, does a terrific job. The Shrewsbury Street Merchants over there, I mean, they really have their finger on, you know, uh, the pulse over there to, um, you know, so many things that we've done, but yet our communication piece yeah. is lacking. Yeah, yeah. So we definitely need to revisit that um, because I think that as I've talked to people again, we're our own worst enemy in the city here about not communicating all the good that's going on. Yeah. I don't quite understand it, yeah, but yeah. it is something we definitely need to work on. You know, I, especially just looking at this direction over your shoulder, I just think about City Square. I mean, this whole skyline behind you is going to be different before not too long. Um, I don't know. I hope people don't move out of Worcester now. It seems like, move, wait, wait, like, wait five years. It'll be a different city in five years. Maybe it'll be worse. Maybe you should move out in five years. It could be a lot better of a city in five years. And you're, you're absolutely right. But again, it's our job as a city and for our elected officials to make sure that we tell folks that we have a great school system. We have to have a great school system because if we don't, businesses aren't going to come here. You know, our economic development depends on our schools. Mm -hmm. Our housing depends on our schools because, right. you know, our housing and our values of what they're worth is all predicated on how well our schools do. Our teachers, I mean, they want to do, you know, they go to school to do the best job that they, they can and they want to feel good about what they're doing and they do a fabulous job but yet we only talk about the bad stuff that's happened not about the good stuff that's happened how quickly folks forgot about you know that the president of the united states of america comes to worcester for worcester technical high school yeah you yeah. know so there's two more questions to ask i always think of these as the important questions how much can you bench and who's your favorite character on the wire both of these, you said your answer is I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have done. Uh, well, you know, I, sh I should don't have know done if you should my have or shouldn't have, but I never, my research. Yeah. Yeah. So we got about three minutes left. Do you have anything else you want to say before we wrap so, up? So uh, I just like to say how uh, humbled I am by the amount of support from the folks in District Two. Uh, for five months I've been knocking doors and it's a great way to get to know the district yeah. from you know the north end of the city from Edgeworth Street and Sigony Street to Shrewsbury Street to Plantation Street to the Canal District you know um, to Main Street to Belmont Street um, I love the fact that I got to know you know, where these people live and what their thoughts are on the city. Yeah. And, um, you know, the folks up in the Burncoat Street area, you know, Wauwega School, for example, a couple up there who, they work, they work for the city and they're both school teachers and there was talk about, you know, the possibility of closing the local school and yet a rumor and yet nobody would answer the question. Yeah. You know, so to be able to have that opportunity to talk to people and to put people at ease and to talk to people when I knew what we were doing as a city in terms of safety was great. So I appreciate all the um, support that I've gotten in District 2 
walking and knocking the doors, and I hope that they'll all vote on, for me on November 3rd. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for being on the show. Good luck with the election. Thank you. Everybody, thanks for watching the show. If you have any complaints or comments, the email address is pieandcoffee at gmail.com. We will see you next week. Don't forget to vote. Bye, guys.